Let's uh, open up our Bibles now to read Exodus chapter 20. I'll be reading uh, the last six commandments. So last week we looked at Exodus 20 and we, did, we looked at the first four commandments. And then this week we are reading Exodus 20 verses 12 uh, through 17. But we'll actually read the first two verses first. So we'll read verses 1 and 2. And then we'll read verses 12 through 17. This is the eternal word of our God. Verse 1. And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. And you shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, or his male servant, or his female servant, or his ox, or his donkey, or anything that is your neighbor's. That is the reading of God's word this morning. Let's pray and ask him to illumine our hearts. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that throughout the ages you have passed it down to us. We get to read uh, the words that you spoke so long ago to your people. And they are just as relevant for us today. Father, I pray that you would illumine our hearts by your spirit. That you would work in us. You would show us the great freedom we have to turn and to obey you. Lord, thank you for all you've done. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So we live in an age uh, where most people, at least in the world, uh, they believe that freedom is the ability to do whatever you want to do. We live in a country that loves freedom, that values it. We have a whole day where we celebrate it by eating barbecue, and it's great. Um, But freedom, as we often think about it, as our world at least thinks about it, is that freedom is the ability to do whatever you want to do. Uh, And as we are seeing in our day, in our age, it's also the freedom to be whoever you want to be. Thus, if someone comes along and imposes an external standard on you, they say, you have to do this, and you can't be this, our world says, well, that's oppression. You are taking away my freedoms. So that's why you'll get called a bigot if you say there's only two genders. Because that's oppression. According to the world's definition, you are transgressing someone else's freedom to do whatever they want to do or to be whoever they want to be. But the problem, and this is one of many problems, but one of them is that if you do get to do what you want to do and you get to be who you want to be, the problem is that the things that you want to do, the person you want to be, it's only sinful. The Bible says that man's heart is deceitful above all things. That there is no one righteous, no, not one. It says that all have turned aside. All are dead in their sins. So if freedom is the ability to do whatever you want to do, be whoever you want to be, well, the only things that we want to do and the only person that we want to be in our sin is to choose sin and to be define ourselves separate from God. So what seems like freedom is actually slavery. What seems like freedom to do whatever you want to do is actually slavery to sin. 
You're actually still enslaved to yourself, to your own desires, to the things that you want to choose to do, which are only sinful all of the time. If you get the opportunity to define yourself, you will always define yourself in sin apart from God. And as Paul says, the wages of sin is death. Sin always leads to death and destruction. So if we are free to choose our sin, what we're actually what is actually happening is we are enslaved to sin. We are enslaved to what comes out of sin, which is death. But God, as we read in Ephesians 2 in our assurance of pardon, but God in His mercy sent His Son, Jesus, to take away the sins of the world, to set His people free. Which means that in Christ, we are set free. We are set free from our sin, which means we are now free to choose to obey God. We are now free to obey Him. We are free to follow His laws. We weren't before. Before Christ saves you, you are not free to obey the Lord because you are enslaved to sin. But when God breaks sin, He frees you so that you can then go and obey Him. You can then go and do what He says to do, not to earn the salvation you've already received because you've already received it. But there's still one more thing that has to happen, right? Being set free from sin is great, but Jesus didn't just die for your sins. He was resurrected. And through his resurrection, you are set free from death. And because you are now alive in Christ, you are set free to follow him, to obey him, to trust him. And so when we come to this passage this morning, that is how we're looking at it. God has set us free from sin and death so that we can now obey what he says so we can now keep his law and as we will see in in our passage today uh, these six commandments the point of them the heart of it is this love your neighbor as yourself the Lord sets us free from sin and death so that we can love our neighbor now loving your neighbor That's not something that comes naturally, let alone loving your neighbor as yourself. And that's because sin ruins everything. And these commandments that we're looking at today, they show this clearly. The fifth commandment says this, it's verse 12, Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Now notice the implication. If you honor your parents, long life. For Israel, this meant that if they followed this commandment, God would bless them with long days in this land that he was giving them. But notice the implication. What happens if you don't honor your father and your mother? That means your days will be short. Why? Because sin leads to death. Sin promises false things. Sin promises that if you reject your parents' authority, you'll be free. Your parents, they're oppressors. 
They're telling you what you can and can't do, right? They're imposing an external standard on you, telling you who you are, how you have to live. And sin says, well, if I reject that, I will be free from them. I will be free to do what I want to do. But as we saw just now, that's not freedom. That's slavery. It's slavery to sin, and sin leads to death. And what the Lord says to Israel is that I have set you free so that you can honor your parents. Verse 2, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. For Israel, how they are approaching the Ten Commandments is we were once enslaved to Pharaoh. And if you remember, what the Lord did... He brought them out of the house of slavery, meaning he went in, he burst down Pharaoh's door, he told Pharaoh what's what, and what he said is, let my people go so that they may serve me. God saved Israel. He freed them, but he freed them so that they may serve him. So that they can come and now hear his law, listen to it, and do it, Because they've been set free. Because what is really happening is is these commandments, what the Lord is doing is he's saying, this is my will for your life, but you can't do it. Not on your own. Because to submit to, for instance, in the fifth commandment, to submit to the authority of your parents or really any authority, whatever authority it is, to submit to it means to die to yourself. To honor your parents, to honor authority, to submit to authority means you have to lay down your emotions, however valid they may be. It means to show honor and respect to someone who doesn't deserve it. No one can do that apart from the Spirit of God. The basis for the fifth commandment and for every commandment is verse 2. I am the Lord, your God, who has brought you out of the house of slavery. And so all these commandments, we look at them in one sense as what the Lord has set us free from. You've been set free from your offended pride. You've been set free from slavery to your emotions. You've been set free uh, from your fears and your anxieties. You've been set free from your desires. Because all of these things, these are, these are what drive the violations of these commandments. Why do we murder? Why do we hate people in our hearts? Is it not because we've been hurt and offended and we want vengeance? Why do we steal Why do we covet? Is it not because we're anxious? We're afraid that God won't provide? That we won't have enough to pay the bills? Why do we lust? Why do we lie? Why do we steal and take? Is it not because we've never learned to say no to our desires? All of these things are enslaving. Anxiety is enslaving. Your emotions are enslaving. Pride is enslaving. Desire is enslaving. God has set us free from these things. 
And how has He set us free? How has God set you free from your sin? But with Israel, we saw it, that He invades Pharaoh's kingdom. Right? He defeats him. And He walks off with the plunder, with the treasure. Israel, despite the fact that Israel was not worth anything. With us, when Jesus came, He invaded Satan's kingdom. He defeated the strong man. He bound him up and he walked out with the plunder, which is you. God has set you free from sin and from slavery by dying, by coming in, defeating death, by dying, by becoming your sin, because sin doesn't just magically disappear. There was a real cost to our sin. And Christ paid it on the cross. And it was Jesus' death on the cross that sets you free from your sins. Because now your sins are paid for. Their power over you is broken. There's no more condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Which means there's no power of sin over your life. Those chains have been broken. And all the things that we, that we choose to do, all the, th- the reasons why we break God's law, whether it's pride, whether it's our desires, whether it's our anxieties, our fears, all of these things, God has broken them. You don't need vengeance. You don't need justice, because Christ is your justice. You don't need to defend yourself, because God defends you. He's your God. You don't need to pursue your desires because Christ has fulfilled them. He is everything you need. Why do we covet and lust and steal when the riches of Christ are freely ours? And if God really didn't spare His Son, He will help you in your seasons of need. And so Paul says this, when he's talking about the gospel, he says, We know that our old self was crucified with Jesus in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For the one who has died has been set free from sin. We have died with Christ and we are set free from sin. But there's still something in the way. There's still one more blockade that has to be uh, overcome. And these, in these commandments, honoring your father and your mother, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not covet. And almost all of them, in honoring your parents, uh, don't murder, adultery, and in some cases, stealing and false witness, all of these commandments carry the death penalty. Even if you're sorry for what you did. They carry the death penalty. Because this is to show that sin leads to death. Sin destroys and sin kills. In two ways it does this. Sin leads to death in two ways. In one sense, sin kills relationships. When a child dishonors his parent... It is a stab in that relationship. 
When it comes to you shall not murder, as Jesus said, the one who even hates in his heart has committed murder because anger and hatred kill families. Anger kills joy. Anger kills peace. Adultery. Adultery kills marriages. It destroys them. It rots them. False witnessing, in the very literal sense, can kill innocent people. But it also kills truth and justice. Coveting, it kills friendships. Because it turns friendships into competitions and comparison games. All of these sins lead to death and destruction. When we break these commandments, it always leads to death and destruction. So we don't need to just be set free from sin. We need to be set free from the destruction of our sin. And we need to be set free from the consequences, the eternal consequences of our sin. Because if you have broken even one of God's laws, you have deserved eternal judgment. And Paul says that if Christ is not resurrected, we have no hope. Why? Because if Christ is not resurrected, you are not set free from death. As he says in in Romans 6, For the one who has died has been set free from sin. Now if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death has no dominion over him. And so when the Lord Jesus died for your sins, he, took, he broke the bondage of sin. He broke uh, your slavery to sin. But when he came back from the grave, he broke death's slavery. He broke your slavery to death. So that you can have life. So that you can be set free from eternal judgment. And when Christ was raised from the dead, you're not going to die anymore. Because you're in Him. Ever. But that also means that in this life, in the tangible ways that we live and, and have our families and relationships, God also sets us free from the destruction that threatens to ruin all of our relationships. Sometimes, yes, there are consequences. Sometimes, yes, marriages are broken. But God doesn't treat us as our sins deserve. In fact, he says that there is healing. There is peace through the gospel. The gospel sets us free to love. The gospel sets us free to love our neighbors. Not because they're great. Not because they deserve it. We are set free to love as God has first loved us. And that is the heart of these commandments. Love your neighbor as yourself. And the only way we can do that is by resting on Christ, on what he has set us free from. And when we rest in Christ, this, the law takes on a whole new dimension. We can come to these commandments and read them in a completely different way. 
Because when we're in our sin, when we're hiding in our sin, when we come to God's law, it's, it's terrifying. We hate it. We want to hide from God's law. But when we come in Christ, knowing that we're free from our sin, we're free from death, we get to read God's law and think, this is amazing. This is beautiful. This is perfect. This is who God is. And so the psalmist in Psalm 119 spends verse after verse talking about how good God's law is because he knows that he has been set free from death and from sin. And now the law is fulfilled in this. Paul says in Romans 13, Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. We are set free from sin and death so that we might love so that we might love sinners. And not just a little bit. We have been set free to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. And I, don't know, I don't know about you, but I, I tend to love myself a lot. A lot. Which is wrong. But then God says, go love someone else like how you love yourself. Because that's what Christ has done for you. Christ didn't love you when you were pretty. He didn't love you when you had it all together. He loved you when you were dead. He loved you when you were his enemy. And he loved you more than he loved his own life. And so when he sets us free from sin and death, he sets us free to show that same love to each other. To show that love that is unconditional. A love that doesn't say, I will love you as long as you love me back. A love that says, I will love you because Christ has loved me. I will obey God's law because it is good and because he has set me free from death. He set me free from my failures. That also means that when we find ourselves falling back into sin, into our old patterns, the, where we go is not, okay, I need to do better. Because that was never the foundation. When we fail, when we lust, when we commit adultery, when we steal, when we lie, when we covet, when we murder and hate, when we dishonor authority... Where we go is we go back to what started it all. I am the Lord your God who set you free from sin and death. And so as we come this morning before this table before us, we come to hear God say that to us. And we come to taste God say that to us. You are free from sin and death because the body of Christ was broken for you. You are free from sin and death because the blood of Christ was poured out for you. You are free from sin and death because Jesus paid the ultimate sacrifice and he's not here. He's present by his spirit, but he's he's raised. He's alive. He's not in the grave anymore. So let's come before his table. To hear him say these things to us. To rejoice in the salvation and the freedom we have. So I'd like to invite the elders forward so we can partake uh, of the sacrament. Let's pray. 
Father in heaven, we thank you for this gift, for this meal where you feed us and nourish us. Lord, we thank you for the freedom you have given us in Christ. Lord, we pray that you would equip us and help us to love our neighbors as ourselves, to show the unconditional love to each other that you have shown to us, to love those of the world, to love our enemies. Lord, we pray that you would help us. And when we fail, Lord, when we break your law, we pray that you would lead us back to where it all began, to the cross of Jesus Christ. We thank you for all you've done and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.